T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, everybody. Thursday night football should be a good one. Chiefs, Broncos. Thursday night, Mahomes against that Denver D. Who's going to win and why? We'll talk to our good friend James Palmer from the NFL Network. He covers the Broncos in the 10 o'clock hour. But first, it's a free money Thursday on Home and Home, a radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try ZipRecruiter for free right now. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. Also, baseball in the minds of all of us. Let's talk about with a huge Yankee fan. Nick Costos from You Better You Bet joining us here in the 9 o'clock hour. Costos, good to see you. It's Briggs and it's Tucker. We're going to get into the football spreads, college and football, college and pro. But look, that weather shook up the series in the ALCS. Your Yankees are heavily dependent on the bullpen. It's pitched two more starters, then two more uh, innings than the starters. Does this sway the series to the hands of the Astros? Um, I think the only thing that could sway the series into the hands of the Yankees would be if, like, the Astros all came down with food poisoning. I think the Yankees are done. I, I think they blew it in games two and three, not being able to get runs across the board on either Verlander or Cole. I think the series is done. I actually think the Yankees will win tonight. I think Tanaka will pitch well tonight. I'm going to bet on the Yankees tonight. They were minus 130 last time I looked. So I do like the Yankees tonight. I think the Astros will take care of business in game five and then game six, though. Like, the Yankees had their chances. Like, this isn't like 2017 where you can actually say, like, okay, Astros were the better team. Yankees could have and should have won both game two and game three. They didn't win either one of those, and now they're probably, or I think, I think they're going to lose the series now so bit of a bummer for me but i do like the yankees to win tonight's game got it what about speaking of tonight nick what about the chiefs and the broncos i'm not going to tell you which way i went on it but i I got a pretty strong opinion on tonight's game i feel pretty good about it who do you like and why yeah, I follow Home and Home on Twitter, Ross, so I already saw who you like in this game. Everyone should be following Home and Home on Twitter, so I got a little spoiler for you. I know you like the Broncos, and I do as well. Um, I think the Broncos have a great chance to win this game outright. Now, I'll say that, you know, given the line is currently at, a, at, a, at three right now, Kansas City minus three, I took it a couple days ago at three and a half for the Broncos, so obviously I like that better. Like, if you can get the hook with Denver, that would be what I would recommend, but this is not a spot where you can play Kansas City on the road. Like, I don't care how good a coach Andy Reid is on against the AFC West. doesn't make a difference to me here. The Chiefs can't stop the run and what it was with Broncos offensive coordinator Rich Gangarello what do they want to do they want to run the ball with Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman I think they find success you know Broncos have had a couple really really close losses earlier this season that could could have swung their record one way or another either way so I think this is a better team than its record indicates I like the Broncos here getting to three and a half I don't love it as much with the three but I would bet it I guess if you had to bet one side of this game so give me Denver and I would not be shocked if the Broncos pulled the outright upset tonight You guys are making me very nervous. I mean, yes, this Broncos team is better than their record. But to say that Joe Flacco, at the end of the day, is going to beat Patrick Mahomes is something this Bronco fan just does not believe, Nick. Dave, 53 men on the roster, Dave. It's not Joe Flacco versus Patrick Mahomes. It's the Broncos (laughs) against the Chiefs. Come on, man. Ross, do you not tell Dave this every day? Come on. I'm 5'7", 160 pounds. He knows he's a Broncos fan, so he's nervous about it. Yeah, you got it. Very. Your team 
the, the, you're catching the Chiefs at the best possible time here. Like, the defense sucks. They're on a short week. Mahomes clearly isn't 100%. They ruled out, like, half the roster yesterday. Like, they're in rough shape right now. Like, the Broncos, no excuse for the Broncos not to win this game tonight. Um, I'm going to take them, again, like I said, ah. plus the three and a half. I also ah. like them plus the three. But, again, Denver should win this game tonight. All right. I, it just makes me nervous. I wanted Kansas City like a nine-point favorite. Then I'd feel better. What else do you like on the And I'd like to come home and have Jennifer Lopez be sitting on my couch, Dave, but we can't is, always is, get what we want. Would wow, that be your go-to? Yeah, good. Yeah, is, she's. Is that, I would say that dream girl? overall, like over the course of my life, I would say is she's still the one I go with just because it's like the crutch that yeah. I lean on in these situations. But yeah, I would say that like even like 50 year old Jennifer Lopez is very high on the list. But yeah, I mean, oh. like we're talking like like Versace oh, dress, like that green dress with 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 puffed at. Yeah, I mean, oh. I, there's it. Now, I would not do this. I would never do something like this. But if given the opportunity to like push like nameless, faceless person like in front of a Mack truck to be with Jennifer Lopez. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it, but maybe I'd consider it. <laughs> Slight nudge. A little nudge. A little like, nudge. Yeah, a little uh, brush of the shoulder. Maybe. <laughs> Probably. How far, Nick, the, the, the bigger question, how far down on your pinky? Is what? What does that mean? In order to, in order to spend a night with Jennifer Lopez, how far down on your pinky would you cut off? Well, Ronnie Lott, oh. this bitch. <laughs> Ronnie Lott, this bitch, man. Cut the, the fuck whole the thing? Cut this thing off. I don't give a fuck. My fucking pinky gives a shit. For that story? Well, I mean, I wouldn't whole... do it now because I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in a happy relationship, so I wouldn't do that now. But but yeah, in my single days, yeah, cut the cut my fucking, cut the whole, my whole hand off. I'll be Jamie Lannister for the rest of my life. I don't give a shit. All right, so it's, so it's more about, but it would be more about being able to tell people about it than the night itself. 50-50. <laughs> 50-50, which says a lot about my own personal vanity. Yeah. 50, that I would just want to tell people about it almost as much as perform the actual consummation itself. Yeah. Wow. That is graphic. Uh, the, the pinky is just gone. Let's get some bets in because folks the are pinky. writing down. Because I don't know who uses the pinky. What do we use the pinky for? It's irrelevant. It's a good point. All right. Dolphins, 17-point underdogs in Buffalo. That one jumped down to me. That's a lot of points for Buffalo offense that's not that capable. What do you like this weekend? Well, I mean, I think the Buffalo, the offense doesn't really need to be capable if the Miami offense isn't going to score any points. Um, I think the Ryan Fitzpatrick thing kind of screws the whole thing up. Like, I was ready to take the Bills here, laying even the 17 if Josh Rosen were going to start. Problem is, I think, like, Josh Rosen could come into, you know, who knows what Brian Flores is going to do, yo-yoing these two quarterbacks at this point. Like, I think that's kind of a messed up situation. I slightly like Buffalo, but like I'm not laying 17 against Fitzpatrick against his former team. I still think Buffalo will be able to win and cover the spread, but Fitzpatrick adds that unknown variable to the equation where like he's capable of going out there and having throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Like it's not going to happen, but it's possible. Like there's no chance Josh Rosen can do that. Fitzpatrick adds the element of the unpredictable. Um, and I, uh, and I'm not interested in taking that game, but you, you want me to go through a couple other games I like Dave, please. How about this? And I want to throw this out there to you guys. How crazy am I? And remember, I called that the Jets would beat the Cowboys last week. How crazy am I for thinking the Jets will beat the Patriots outright on Monday Night Football? Crazy. Bonkers. Like, like Ross, like you think like bonkers beyond belief, or is it like within the realm of possibility in your mind? I think it's highly unlikely. I love the Jets getting the nine and a half, but to actually win the game outright, that would surprise me. Yeah, I, I, 
I, I give them a chance to win the game outright. I'm going to stop short of like calling for like the out, the definite outright upset here as a 10-point home underdog against the greatest coaching quarterback ever. But I, I love the Jets to cover the spread on Monday night. And I think this is going to be a close game in the fourth quarter. And like I would not be actually completely stunned if the Jets won the game outright. This defense is a lot better than I think people give it credit for. Secondary is not great, but get C.J. Mosley back in there. We saw what he was able to do in the first half of the first game against Buffalo. I know different Josh Allen against Tom Brady, but I don't think Tom Brady is 100%. And this Patriots offense right now looks like absolute hot garbage. And I like Adam Gase has had some success against Bill Belichick. Shout out to Kenyon Drake and the Miami Miracle. So I like the Jets getting the points on Monday night. A couple other games I like on Sunday. I like the Ravens catching three and a half on the road in Seattle, and I give the Ravens a chance to win that game outright. I think Seattle's very overvalued. The Seahawks should not have beaten the Browns last weekend. That was a classic choke job by Freddie and Baker and company. So I'll take the Ravens catching the three and a half um, in Seattle against the Seahawks. I like the Colts as a one-point favorite against the Houston Texans. I think like people forget about what the Colts were able to do to the Chiefs a couple weeks ago at Arrowhead because they were on the bye week. And I know the Texans just took care of Kansas City. The Colts are at home in this game. And I'll take Frank Rake over Bill O'Brien any day of the week, twice on a Sunday in Indianapolis. So give me the Colts um, as well um, as a one-point favorite there against the Houston Texans. And as far as a total is concerned, um, it's 54-and-a-half Rams and the Falcons. You know, Jared Goff has really struggled as of late. Um, the tonic to cure his ales will be facing the Falcons defense. I like that game to go over the total. Um, Rams and Falcons and Hotlanta. All right, we are unfortunately out of time with Costos on a Thursday. Got a lot of radio hits to do across the country. We appreciate I can your do time, like two, I can do like I can do like two or three more minutes if you guys want. It's okay. up to you. All right, I got one. I got one. I got one. Sure. Yep. College football, Nikki. Give me give me a college football bet you like. A college football bet I like for this weekend. Let me look at the board because I'm my brain is scrambled here right now. Um, I like Michigan catching the nine in Happy Valley um, at Penn State on Saturday. I just think that's too many points here, and I'm still buying a little bit on Michigan this year. And I think Michigan still has a chance to potentially do something this season. So I, I already bet that game. So so I definitely like like Michigan. I also like Clemson against Louisville. Clemson on the road at Louisville in this spot. Louisville's quarterback situation is an absolute mess. And I just think, and I, I don't know if I said it on this show last week, but coming out of the bye last week, the Dabo's quotes coming out of the bye were like, time to put the pedal to the metal here. I think Clemson's hyper aware of the criticism it's faced for like the fact that it's basically like slap walk through the first part of the season. And I think that they are really going to go like zero to 60 here. I think Clemson's going to blow Louisville out. And speaking of going to zero to 60, Georgia off the loss to South Carolina this week. I think Georgia's going to absolutely freaking lay it on this weekend. I love Georgia this weekend, as I forgot who they face. It's Kentucky. I already bet this game. I took it at 24. It's up to 25 and a half. Kirby Smart's going to have to, they, he knows what he's going to have to do if Georgia wants to get to the playoff. Blow teams out. So I laid it with Georgia 24. I still like it at 25. I almost don't think that line could be high enough. So I will take Georgia um, on Saturday as well in college football. Georgia needs to stop being so conservative. We're about out of time with you. Five Kirby second sucks, answer. Matt. Kirby's Best. dumb. He's Kirby's dumb. Uh, yeah, he's got a good quarterback. He needs to set him loose the way Joe Burrow has been. Five seconds. Best college football rivalry is who? Um, I mean, I guess it's Ohio State and Michigan. I guess. I mean, but I don't. I don't know why. We're not a lot of conviction. It's Army Navy. It's not close. You know what Army Navy does for me? Nothing. Zero. Really? Le less. Less that I respect it. Like I'm not trying to like shit on like the pageantry yeah, of the no, game. Yeah, no. I like, mean, you wouldn't even be on this show. You wouldn't even be able to bet if it weren't for people like those young men that make the decision that Ross, they make, Ross. and it does stop, nothing stop for the, you. Okay. Yeah. Well, you. Well, yeah. Okay. Former NFL player. Yeah, I love yeah, yeah, well, the fact that it does nothing tower. for okay, you, Zero. for the people that Zero. do everything for you. 
It does yeah, nothing for you. All they do is give up everything for you. Yeah, the Army-Navy football game does nothing for me. The Army get and them, the Navy get them off the show. Get them off the big show. Su- big support for the for the Army and the Navy. No, I, I'm not, not into the football game. Why do you want me to be into the football game? Why do I have to care about it? Because the football game's awesome. It's okay. The, you're downright un-American, Costos. You are I, I uh, think patriotic. I think, honestly, you don't love I think your I'm country. I'm a great American. I think I'm a great <laughs> yeah. American. I thought, it's too good I we don't I, have enough time. I, 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 I had a fire I LeBron James you. take for you. I had a fire LeBron James take for you guys today because you asked me about it last week. Go you have time? I got like two minutes. Yeah, I got until 9.15. Um, Just go. I think, I think that I like LeBron James more now than I did a week ago, and I've always liked LeBron James. You know why? Because LeBron showed us oh. – we always want our athletes to be authentic, right? We want our athletes to be honest. We don't want them to be full of shit. LeBron showed you who he was. Maybe for the first time since the Heat lost to the Mavericks in LeBron's first season of Miami, when after they lost that that game six, um, he gets up there in front of the media and goes, for all the people that criticize me, you have to get up to like basically to your crappy lives tomorrow. LeBron showed us who he is. You know who LeBron is? A selfish piece of shit. He's more concerned about himself and his own security in China. Like, And guess what? I don't blame him. If I were LeBron and I were in Shanghai, I don't give a shit if I'm at a five-star hotel and an international incident is set off and I'm in China when this international incident is being set off, I wouldn't be happy either. So I'm with LeBron. LeBron showed us who he is. He's a selfish piece of shit. And so am I. And so are you. (laughs) So I like that from LeBron James. LeBron was honest. People are going to kill LeBron for being honest. He cares about himself. So do I. I like it. But he but he wasn't because he didn't even have the guts or the balls in this case to say that. Oh, he kind of did. He basically, was uneducated. Dave, 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 he said it could have waited a week. That's that's what he meant was why send it. He doesn't give a shit that the tweet was sent. He cares that it was sent while he was in China. That's what he cares about. And I don't blame him. Who wants to? Would you want to be in China when this shit's going down? I wouldn't. Fuck Daryl Morey, man. Hey, asshole. Send the fucking tweet a week later. And by the way, Daryl Morey's own team was in there. What an idiot. I like LeBron James for this. LeBron's a regular dude. Just happens to have a lot of money and won the genetic lottery. Here's my phone call from Kansas City. I got to go, guys. Bye. See ya. Nick Costos, you better, you bet. And, wow, you bet. That was a hot take on LeBron, Ross. That was amazing. Uh, I love there, – there are very few people in the world, okay, that can get yeah. away with really liking someone – and calling them a selfish piece of shit. And liking them because they are a selfish piece of shit. You know what? It's a it's a counter take. I like it. I I, I like it. I, I like anybody that's different. And here's the thing about Costos. He's not one of these guys on these other TV shows that I won't name because they want the they want the publicity, but that literally say things they don't mean just yeah. to get a rise out of people, just to get a reaction. Nick really believes that. Like, that is that is what he genuinely thinks, and I love him for it. I, I, I totally agree with you. His authenticity is his number one trait. We love that guy. I'm just saying, LeBron didn't have the guts to admit what Costos is saying there. We all interpret that from his language. And maybe if he had just come out and said, look, my shoe contract and my movies and my corporation and my billion dollar brand is worth too much to me to take a stand on human rights in China. I'd almost have respected that more 
than the garbage he spit out. Was interesting to hear Chris Mannix say he believes Daryl Morey will stick around, will survive in Houston. We saw our friend John Lopez, Sports Radio 610 there in Houston, say he thinks they could just find a quiet off-ramp for Daryl Morey and see that situation quietly resolve itself. I think now, because of what LeBron said, because of the way he did seemingly take a shot at Daryl Morey, I think Adam Silver will make sure Daryl Morey is and does remain the general manager of the Houston Rockets because he knows now if Morey were to be quietly let go or fired in the middle of the night, it would just echo the criticism that the NBA is kowtowing to the authoritarian government there in China, even though that's the perception that would crystallize it for critics around the world. I say Daryl Morey stays and helps that team get closer to a championship. But that'll you know be what? interesting. This is yeah. This this feels like Seinfeld, Dave, where you know Daryl Morey doing something galactically stupid went ahead and gave him job security. <laughs> I mean, this is like a George Costanza move. Here's my idea, okay? I'm gonna tweet freedom for Hong Kong. It's going to set off an international firestorm. The NBA is going to come under all kinds of heat, but then they can't fire me because it's such a bad look for them. I mean, he literally got more job security because I agree with you. I think you're 100% right. The guy literally got more job security after he did one of the most galactically stupid social (laughs) media things I've seen in a long time and cost his boss who pays his bills and gives him money hundreds of millions of dollars. I love it. Daryl Morey, you are hired. I bet you, who is it? Fertitta owns the Rockets. I bet you found him on ZipRecruiter because ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you Get qualified candidates, and you get them fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter. Who's Dylan, you ask? Good question. I don't think I told you who Dylan was. Dylan is the CEO of Cafe Altura. But who cares about Dylan right now? I'm talking about Daryl Morey. I think that's how the Rockets found him. They got him on ZipRecruiter because the candidate rating feature filters the applicants. So Fertitta could focus on the most relevant ones. And I'm looking for someone that gets job security from doing galactically stupid things that hurt my business. Oh, great. He's on (laughs) ZipRecruiter. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. That's ziprecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And we've hired Nick Costos as our betting guru, not just to weigh in on all things Jennifer Lopez and LeBron James, but primarily for the bets. He also told us he thinks Michigan-Ohio State is the best rivalry in college football. But a new study from some academics some college professors who actually studied what rivalry truly means, they say that is not even close to the best rivalry in college football because what they wanted to see 
is two teams in college football, the NFL, Major League Baseball, whatever it may be, that essentially hate each other equally and don't have other rivalries that distract from the one main rivalry that matters to them most. They put their findings, the study, on a website called NoRivalry.com. And the number one rivalry, they say, in all of sports, not just college football, is a shocker. It is Arizona, Arizona State. And primarily, it's because those two teams, as I mentioned, hate each other equally, but they also don't have a lot of other rivalries that distract from their one main intent. Number two, Giants-Dodgers, best rivalry in baseball, they say. Number three comes from the NFL, and the surprise, number one in baseball. Falcons, uh, Falcons and Saints, Giants and Dodgers, I think everyone would have thought it was Yankees-Red Sox. So it's a very unique study. As for the NBA, the top rivalry there was Celtics and Lakers. And what's interesting is they also studied unbalanced rivalries where one team hates, has all the hate, and the other team doesn't really care so much. Think of Patriots-Colts. Colts fans almost universally said the Patriots are their rival, but the Patriots fans said, no, they're not even close to our rival. Same thing with what's called the Holy War. You may have seen that one between Boston College and Notre Dame. You see, in Boston College, they are dead focused on Notre Dame as their chief rivalry. They hate them the most. But you ask Notre Dame, barely anyone mentions Boston College. So rivalry is in the eye of the beholder. What do you make of the study and how they measured it? You say Army-Navy. I can't even find it among their top rivalries in college football. Wow, that that is surprising to me. That I don't really understand. Um, I, I guess they took into account Army-Navy, maybe because Air Force is in the mix, and that's a big one too. That's that that's funny if you want to talk about like an unbalanced rivalry, because for Air Force, it's Army, it's Navy, but for Army and Navy, it's not Air Force, it's Army-Navy. So <laughs> right. that that's kind of funny, and I can speak to that, Dave. I, I was kind of on that. You know, for Princeton, Harvard and Yale were big rivals for us. Huge rivals, biggest crowd of the year, big game. But it wasn't the game like it was for Harvard and Yale. And I think that's a, a real feather in the cap of those two institutions, by the way. It wasn't enough to convince me to go to either one of those places because they're dirtbag campuses compared to Princeton, if the truth must be told. But whatever. My point is... I, I love the inequitable rivalries because everybody at Boston College would have rather gone to Notre Dame. I love that. It's so true. Every player on Boston College's team, every student on their campus would have rather gone to Boston College. Let me just tell you how this works, okay, Dave? My dad, <laughs> Catholic, he has three older brothers, right? The oldest brother went to Notre Dame. The next two didn't get into Notre Dame, so they went to Villanova. Villanova, Boston College, same thing. My dad didn't get into Notre Dame or Villanova, so he went to Merrimack, which is like way down the Catholic schools you're allowed to go to line. So I get it. Boston College and Villanova, everybody there would rather go to Notre Dame. That's just how it works. So I, I think the inequitable rivalries are very funny. Um, on some level, sad, although I don't feel sad about Princeton versus Harvard-Yale, but I can see that uh, being somewhat of a bummer. I like it, though. I like it because... Yeah, even like Michigan, right? Ohio State's a huge rival for Michigan. 
but Michigan State's really big too. So it takes some of the sting out of Ohio State, Michigan, if Michigan, Michigan State's a huge rival too. And for Michigan State, they're like the Boston College. Because for Michigan State, it's all about Michigan. That's a big <laughs> rival for Michigan, but it's not like Ohio State. I love that. I, I like that. Because the Arizona, Arizona State one makes sense. They're not rivals with anybody else. And they really do hate each other. And it's even. And actually, what I like about that rivalry and some of these other ones is it actually goes back and forth. You know, Ohio State, Michigan, when's the last time Michigan even won that game? You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it takes two to tango in a rivalry. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned Ohio State, Michigan. They did study that one, and they found, again, inequitable. They found that all, all the Ohio State fans, almost all of them, named Michigan as their only rival that matters, whereas Michigan, it was much more spread across the conference, including Michigan State. We're going to have one of those academics on the program either this week or next to talk about this study. Speaking of inequitable rivalries, real quickly on just one quick news note that I found from the world of golf, which is one of the most apparently imbalanced rivalries in that sport. Brooks Kepka, he's number one in the world. Rory McIlroy is number two in the world. Brooks Kepka was asked about his big rivalry with McIlroy, and he says, I've been out here for what, five years? Rory hasn't won a major since I've been on the PGA Tour, so I don't view it as a rivalry. How about that burn to the number two player in the world? That could give golf a little bit of heat. Yeah, you know what? I love it. First of all, I love Kepka. I think we talked about this when we were doing test shows. Kepka's my dude. My number yeah, one qualification be. for whether or not I like you as a golfer is if you look like you played linebacker or maybe at least <laughs> safety and you served your country and you played high school football, you're my guy. Plus, he just looks awesome. He acts awesome. I mean, he's walking into the golf course, and his hot girlfriend tries to kiss him. He's like, no, nah. no, nah, not right now. <laughs> I mean, that was amazing. I love that. That was like Tom Cruise in uh, in Top Gun. That was amazing. Like, uh, you know, you just you leave him wanting more. Leave him waiting for a little bit more. I think, look, I, I love it. I love that he said that. Now, Rory McIlroy won't like it. And I'm sure the golf establishment won't like it. The golf establishment already doesn't like Brooks Kepka for some reason. I've never really understood why, Dave. Do you know? I don't. I'm not really sure. He seems to me, by all indication, to be a very good guy. Um, really behaves well on and off the course. Doesn't throw the temper tantrums that we've seen Tiger Woods. Um, the golf world is is just a different, different world. Just when you thought Bubba Watson was the most likable guy on tour, you heard from players that he was the most hated player on tour. So I don't think we understand what goes on within the ropes. And I think he's just a little more brash and cocky than players would like. And look, he's won four majors. So has Rory McIlroy. Maybe not in these recent years, but they've each won four majors. So I think other players probably don't like you to be so brash and cocky and stiff arm the number two player in the world, but I love it for the game of golf. I mean, that is fantastic for the sport and could actually like generate what the sport needs, which is that Tiger V Phil thing from many years ago. Yeah. And let me say this. I think Kepka ruffled feathers when he said he doesn't watch golf. He can't watch it. It's boring. And when he said, 
golf would be better if it was like 12 or 15 holes or whatever he said. I mean, the people that golf, people love golf. Like, do you love golf or do you just like it? I love golf. I hate it, but I love it. Right. So there are a lot of people that I know that really, really love golf. And like their dream would be to play 36 holes every day. You know what I mean? Like that, that they would, or at least 18 holes every day. They love it. So right. when the best player in the world and they, and they watch it, they watch as much as they can. They watch every round of the majors. They watch every Saturday and Sunday, the other events, blah, blah, blah. When the best player is like, yeah, kind of boring. I don't watch it unless I'm playing. Or I wish it was just like 15 holes, maybe 12. That cuts at their core. I wouldn't like it if some football guy said, yeah, I think football is boring to watch. I don't, And he was awesome at football. That would bother me. I would want the next game he played. I want somebody to light his ass up. I wouldn't like that because I love football. And I don't want someone to have success that doesn't huh. have the same passion that I have for it. To be honest with you, Dave, it bothers me from some broadcasters. There are broadcasters on networks that I know for a fact don't really love football, but they do it because yeah. it's a lot of money and it's easy. That drives me bananas. You know what I like from a broadcaster? I like I like even like Romo. Like I want to be able to hear that you love it. And hopefully when people watch the games I do, they can tell. And I need to make sure I'm, e I, I'm even more animated because I love it. And the number one thing when I'm watching a broadcast of anything, but especially football is, does this dude love it? Like, is he just cannot believe how, how lucky he is to be able to do this for a living? That's an interesting point. Now, I love golf, but I think 12 holes is a far better sport. But back to your knock on, if, if a football player were to say that, Julio Jones says on a regular basis, he ain't watching football. If he's not playing the game of football, he's not watching football with a notable exception of Alabama games. Does that bother you? Uh, no, because I know other guys that didn't watch football, but that doesn't mean that they think it's boring or that they don't like it. You know, Matt Light never watched the Super Bowl until he played in one. Matt Light never watched a college football game until he went on a recruiting visit to Purdue for a game. He just didn't, he just didn't love watching football. He loved playing it. You know, Kepka almost sounds like a guy that doesn't even love playing it. That, that's the thing to me. You know, Julio Jones loves playing it. Matt Light loves playing it. They just, they, they, they don't love watching it. And I can, I can understand that. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, more NFL talk as well as Brad Evans on all the fantasy tips for this weekend. Coming up, though, after a break, what would Ross Tucker do? If a fan fooled him into taking a picture with him and then punched him in the face, will that happen to one of the biggest, baddest ass dudes in the NFL who tweeted about it, then later filed a police report? That great story out of Cleveland when we come back. Not a whole lot has gone the Cleveland Browns way this NFL season with the very notable exception of Miles Garrett. He started the season out 
posing for ESPN The Body magazine. The dude looked like a cross between a Greek god and a new member of the Avengers. He is 6'4", 270 pounds, absolute rock of a human being. He has nine sacks for the Browns. He is a big, bad dude. But what he said on Twitter yesterday is flat-out shocking. He tweeted that a fan hopped out of his car to take a picture with Garrett, then punched Garrett in the face. Garrett taunted him back. Put your legs into it might have actually made me flinch. He furthered on Twitter, was in my car, flagged me down for a picture, and I cracked the window enough for the camera to get to my face, took the pic, and gave me what he calls a pillow tap. Again, Miles Garrett is a mountain of a human being. And if there's one player in the NFL I'm not trying to punch, it's probably him who tops the list. Filed a police report, and Cleveland police have identified a 24-year-old man from Strongsville, Ohio. No charges yet have been filed. Ross Tucker, you have a bit of a hot temper. What in the world would you do if someone punched you in the face after giving you the idea he was a fan who wanted a picture? And is that the dumbest fan in the history of the NFL? I have no idea what could possibly possess someone to do that. First of all, you interrupt Miles Garrett's privacy and personal life. He does you a solid by taking a picture with you, for you, whatever, and then you're going to hit him. And fans wonder, Dave, why players have security or why players may not be as open as they used to be. I give you idiots like this, dude. And I can tell you, I dream about situations like this. Sometimes when I'm driving up to West Point or driving back and I'm daydreaming in the car, I think about what I could do if maybe I'm in a bar and someone like pushes my wife, something where I have a legal right to take his head and smash it into the wall and try to see what comes out. I dream about that. I haven't been able to hit somebody since 2007. It's been 12 long years. I would love if a fan punched me because I'm pretty sure legally I then have the right to do whatever I can to them. And I would take my elbow and I would hit him in the side of the head as hard as I can, hopefully until their orbital bone cracks and caves in. That's how I feel about a fan like that. I think it's awesome. In fact, if there's any fans that would like to do this, as long as you sign a liability waiver, let's schedule this because this could be fun. <laughs> I need this, okay? Lifting weights doesn't do it for me. You know, it, it's not the same. I lift weights hard. I exercise. It's not the same as actually punching a dude as hard as you can. So I think we should actually establish this. We should have a dumb fan call center, okay, where dumb fans line up and they're, they they want to get a chance to hit you and they have to sign a waiver before they hit you and then they hit you and then you have the legal right to smash their head into a wall. I, I, I We just came up with billion dollar idea. Boom. I am in. I will promote this thing. I will find a network for it. 
this sounds like maybe it's what players would do after their career is over. Um, we can have we can match them up. This sounds like a fantastic pay-per-view. You know, one of those nights when you don't have football, right? So we have Sunday, Monday, Thursday. Maybe it's like a Friday night thing. I don't you you don't want to interfere with high school football, but this sounds like a terrific idea. But seriously, I admire Miles Garrett in this situation. Somehow, some way, laughing this off on Twitter not getting out of his car and beating the living crap out of this stupid fan. Look, I am not a big dude. I look nothing like Miles Garrett. I am, however, a hothead like my co-host Ross Tucker. And I, I would, it would take everything in my power to not get out of the car. First hit him with the car door. Cause that'd be a pretty solid, you know, area that you might hit with the car door. And, and then it's just on. And then, Listen, I don't know how he restrained himself in this situation. Is this just one asshole or is it more fans behaving badly across all sports today? I think in general, fans are behaving worse and worse. I, I think that there is a continued lack of privacy, lack of personal space. I think social media has a lot to do with it. I mean, my guess is that guy either filmed himself punching Miles Garrett or had his buddy punching, you know, video him punching Miles Garrett so he could go viral. I don't know. I'm glad they got him. Uh, I don't know how they can prosecute unless they have evidence on video that he did it. Otherwise, it's just a, a he said, he said. But I, I want to get, you know what? I want to get one of the millennials on to get a, one of the millennials that work for us. We got about a million of them. They're all awesome. Dylan and Jordan and Joey and Jacob and Eric and everybody. They do a terrific job posting stuff on social. If you're not following our social, you're doing social wrong. At Ross Tucker NFL, at Dave Briggs TV, and of course, at RDC Sports and at RDC Home and Home. All of these clips, probably like my business idea back there, all get posted. <laughs> But I want them to get a police officer on or a lawyer or a DA. I, I just want to know for future reference, like what the standard is, because I feel like like if someone pushed my wife in a bar, Dave, mm -hmm. I'm allowed to punch them in the face. Right. Like if someone pushes my wife and she's threatened, I'm allowed to punch them in the face. Right. Because that that's what I dream about all the time. That's like a recurring dream of mine. You without a doubt would, as would I. I'm not sure either of us would have the legal authority to do so if someone pushed our wife. I don't know if that falls under self-defense in this case. Now, I believe Miles Garrett certainly would have been within his rights. And you wonder, you were asking how they tracked him down. Garrett immediately identified the license plate of the guy and identified him in a lineup. So he's going to get arrested and uh, assault charges are on the way. Let's talk about all this and your fantasy tips for the weekend in the NFL with our friend Brad Evans from Yahoo Sports at Yahoo Noise on Twitter. Evans, good to see you. It's Briggs. It's Tucker. If people see your Twitter feed, then they can understand how fans behave badly today, not just to athletes, but to, well, analysts like yourself. Is there one player you'd be less likely to punch in all the NFL than Miles Garrett? 
Uh, yeah, um, you know, knowing some of the history of guys like uh, Vontez Perfect, uh, <laughs> assuming that he's going to be on an NFL roster ever again. No, I wouldn't want to cross his path and rub him the wrong way. However, my 40 time is shockingly quick, Briggs, uh, in those situations where the heart gets pumping and the adrenaline is flowing, uh, that hopefully I could get out of the way of perfect. Um, if not, uh, I'm a biter if necessary. <laughs> really? I, I, you know what? I will say I respect biter? that, Brad. I respect that. I'm, I'm an everythinger if necessary. Everything. <laughs> There's nothing off the table. Biting too? Oh yeah, if I had to. Sure, of course. Really? Of course, wow. why not? I don't know, Dude, biting. That, guy, I just... that guy's trying to beat your ass. You don't let somebody <laughs> beat your ass. Yeah, you bite him, you elbow him. That's like, I I, 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 I didn't wrestle in high school, even though every, a lot of people do in Pennsylvania. I played basketball, but I told my buddies that wrestled, I would never get pinned, ever. If I was about to get pinned, I'd elbow that dude in the head. <laughs> I'd much rather get disqualified than pinned. I'd rather yep. get, get disqualified. I'd rather be dishonorably ejected, okay, <laughs> than pinned. Dishonorably disqualified than pinned. That's my philosophy on that. God, I want to see that. I want to see that. All right, well, as good as that would be, you're in Denver. Got to ask you about the Thursday nighter. Um, Tucker's making me nervous here, man. Nick Costos as well. They feel the Broncos should win outright. Look, I want my Broncos to win every week, but I can't get past the notion of Joe Flacco somehow beating Patrick Mahomes, regardless of what football field that is on. And what about you? Uh, I'm with the consensus. I think the Broncos win this game straight up. Uh, I've got them on the money line. I've got them at plus three and a half. Uh, I think it's going to happen, uh, Briggs. Uh, I know it sounds, uh, you know, just crazy. Uh, it's pure lunacy in your mind. But you got to understand this. The Kansas City Chiefs cannot contain the run. And the Broncos have one hell of a one-two punch. And Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, uh, both of these guys rank inside the top 15 in broken tackle percentage. Uh, appreciable in terms of yards after contact per attempt. They've really gotten it done physically between the tackles. And knowing that Kansas City is giving up right around 130 rush yards per game to the running back position, you can take the ball out of Flacco's hands, put it in the belly of both those guys, and, and they're going to chew up real estate. So, uh, you know, as long as this defense, and I think the tweaks that Vic Fangio has made, reshuffling that defensive line, after they were embarrassed by Leonard Fournette, who churned out 250 yards, uh, seemed like on the ground a couple of weeks ago, uh, I, they have made some major strides in that category. And I think Chris Harris is going to shadow Tyreek Hill. And when those two have gone head-to-head, Tyreek uh, has been on the short end of the stick. He's only averaged uh, right around 54 yards per game in his encounters with the Denver Broncos in his career. So uh, you contain that deep ball. No Sammy Watkins on the field. It's going to be by committee at wide receiver two and wide receiver three. Travis Kelsey's always a wild card and a guy that could probably pose the biggest threat for the Broncos in this game. But Kansas City can't run the damn ball right now. So you can kind of overload the defensive backfield, sit back in coverage, and you know focus on containing Mahomes, and then just getting the ball into the hands of the running backs. And I think the Broncos are going to win this game. And I got them at 23 to 20. So again, I'm taking the under, taking Denver on the money line, and I'm definitely taking the points. I love it. I, I'm with you across the board, uh, Brad. Love the way the Broncos are playing right now, and the Chiefs. 
I don't know. There's there's a book out on them, and they better figure yeah. it out. I, I want to get to uh, the Jets, just because that's a unique team now that Sam Darnold's back in. Is there a place, and I know they're playing the Patriots defense, but is there a place in people's lineups perhaps with Sam Darnold? Is he a fantasy factor? And maybe just as importantly, what does it mean for Crowder and Robbie Anderson and Le'Veon Bell? Look, man, the Jets are blasting off to Mars right now. Uh, I was really impressed with their offensive performance last week. Darnold, in particular, completing over 70% of his attempts, that long bomb to Robbie Anderson. And those two have quite the chemistry when they've been on the field, you know, stretching back to the fantasy playoffs last year, the two games that they have played together this year. Anderson's been targeted 15 total times in those contests. Now, I don't really like any of them this week. I, I, I will say this, though, full disclosure, I love the Jets and the points. Uh, they're catching 10 at most books. I wouldn't be at all shocked knowing the Doughboy soft schedule the Patriots have played so far this season. And granted, one of those contests was against the Jets back in week three. But that was a Luke Falk team, not Sam Darnold. I would not be at all, again, floored if the Jets came out and won this game outright. I think they're really going to challenge New England in this contest. I think they're playing with a renewed swagger. Uh, again, I don't think any of the plays maybe outside of Le'Veon Bell are particularly strong, and I only say that with Le'Veon because of the workload. He's averaging 22 touches per game. But let me just read you very quickly the schedule upcoming after this week and why I'm so enamored with all Jets. Crowder, Anderson, eventually Chris Herndon, Darnold, Le'Veon Bell. It doesn't matter. Uh, these guys are going to put up some fantasy points. You get Jacksonville after this week. who just traded Jalen Ramsey. Then Miami, the Giants. Washington, Oakland, Cincinnati, Miami. Holy guacamole. That is a cakewalk of a schedule, guys. And I'm going to tell you right now, you want shares of any jet you can get your hands on because they're going to propel you to the fantasy postseason. Bank on it. I have been denied all those jets on the damn waiver wire. Did want to button up Kansas City, Denver real quick beyond the cheetah, Kelsey, Mahomes and Lindsay, any fantasy options tonight you would play? Yeah, I'm going to go back to Royce Freeman. Um, you know, Royce has been shut out of the end zone so far, and there's been a couple of phantom holding holding calls, much like phantom calls across the league in general right now. The Zebras uh, need to get put in check. But, you know, he's a guy that's putting up some really solid numbers across the board. I mentioned the 3.13 yards after contact per attempt, the top 15 standing and broken tackle percentage. This offensive line has been opening up holes. And Royce has been very active in the pass game. So this is a game that is set up perfectly for him to do some damage, knowing that Kansas City has really struggled containing physical bulky backs. Look at uh, Carlos Hyde last week, for example. I think Freeman, you know, probably going to get 15, maybe upwards of 17 touches in this game. I think he's going to score his first touchdown of the season. And I think he's going to top 80 combined yards. And I think Lindsey, working in tandem with him, is going to surpass the century mark. So, yeah, if this is the week that, you know, you you should play Royce Freeman, uh, you're not going to find a better opportunity. I have him ranked as a top 20 running back. And I would play him ahead of the likes of, say, a Marlon Mack who's got a difficult matchup this week against the Houston Texans. All right, so what do we do, Brad, like with the Giants and all these skill guys coming back from injury? Do you have a general philosophy when a guy's coming back from injury like Saquon or Sterling Shepard or whatever? 
Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, uh, I kind of give him a week uh, and wait and see. But Saquon, I mean, he was perfectly carved by the fantasy gods. And, you know, he's a guy that's been practicing in full. He's working uninhibitedly right now. You got a primo matchup against the Arizona Cardinals, who rank inside the top 10 of most fantasy points a lot of the running back position. I mean, you got to fire him up, obviously. But you got to also take uh, these situations on a case-by-case basis. Like, what the hell do you do with Todd Gurley? Right. You know, there's a good chance he's going to play this week. And I got a gut feeling that's going to be a persistent theme rest of season with Todd Gurley. Every week he's going to be questionable. Every week he's going to have a good chance to play. And it's going to be a crapshoot on determining exactly what the workload is going to be. So, I mean, you got to monitor practice reports. Uh, You got to take everything with a grain of salt that comes out of the coach's mouth, particularly Sean McVay knowing his history with Gurley, stretching back to late last year. Uh, But when it comes to guys like Saquon uh, and some of these others that are getting back in the mix, I think it's all systems go. Though, again, case by case. And like Alvin Kamara, another one of those guys who's very iffy this week, dealing with a high ankle sprain and now an an unattractive matchup as well on the road to face the Bears, or the Bears are going to be without their premier run stopper, Nakeem Hicks. Oh, thanks for poking the bear. I'm a Gurley owner, and that thing is a mess between Henderson and Brown and Gurley, and it does feel like it could persist. What about the muddled running back situation in, uh, for the Chargers? Because sure didn't look like the Gordon we expected to see by this point. Uh, what do we do with that situation moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, Melvin Gordon is still in training camp mode right now. Uh, this is his preseason the last couple of weeks. So uh, I think you're going to see uh, a renewed, a reinvigorated version of Melvin Gordon this week, um, you know, going against the Tennessee Titans. The Titans allowing north of four yards per carry of the running back position. So, you know, I think Gordon, yeah, you're probably going to see him get around maybe 60%, 65% of the opportunity share. I think he's just trying to work his way back into the flow of things. Uh, He's looked clunky. He's looked wooden so far here the last couple of weeks. But I I think that's about to change. And Austin Eckler is really going to fall back into that role that we saw last year where he's getting 10 to 12 touches per game, working more as a a pass-catching back as a compliment to MG3. So stay the course of Gordon. Better days are ahead. But you never know with the Chargers. They come up with new, inventive, and creative ways of just shooting themselves in the foot. They really, really do. Um, How about some guys, Brad, that might be under the radar? Maybe they're not even under the radar anymore, but that people that are in leagues that aren't really as as advanced or skilled should think about adding in their lineup, like like an Auden Tate type of guy. Any other guys out there that if maybe if you're just in a league with your high school or college buddies, they don't really follow it as closely and they might not realize some of these guys are available we should be picking up? Yeah, let's start with Dante Pettis. Uh, remember him? Uh, he was a guy that was on everybody's uh, sleeper shortlist back in late July and early August. They got in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse. We thought, oh, this is just a motivational tactic. Uh, it's a ploy. He's going to be fine come week one. No, he was legit deep in that doghouse. Uh, but it seems like he has started to crawl out of it. He played on a season high 47 snaps uh, last week uh, for the 49ers. Uh, and he had you know, a handful of targets, just over 40 receiving yards in that contest. I mean, it doesn't really move the meter for you, but I like his potential uh, this week and and really beyond as well. I mean, you look at the matchup going up against Washington. It's a dreadful secondary. And Pettis is a guy that splits his action between the slot and outside. So he's going to get some Fabian Moreau 
a guy that's given up an 88.9 catch percentage to his assignments. And then outside, he's probably going to get a little taste of Josh Norman, which is always a positive thing for fantasy purposes, as Norman's given up a 134.2 passer rating to his assignments. So I think Pettis right now on the precipice of a breakout performance, this could be 65, 70 yards and a touchdown. And right now, still widely available in Yahoo Leagues. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention anything about the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, the matchup is premium. You're playing the dreadful Dolphins, uh, who've got both fins in the cannery right now. And Miami, uh, I think, is just going to get run roughshod over by the one-two punch of Frank Gore, the Betty White of backs, still churning out all kinds of yards at his advanced age, and Devin Singletary, who's been practicing in full this week. I think both these guys... I got Gore as a top 10 running back this week. I think he goes for 100 yards and a touchdown. And I think Singletary working as a complement on 10 to 12 touches got a great shot at 60 to 70 combined and finding the end zone as well. Dude, the Betty White of backs. That is outstanding. Is that yours? Is that a t-shirt? Is that all Brad Evans? Uh, that came from my reptilian brain, yes. And it should oh. be emblazoned on cotton somewhere. That is brilliant. All right, I want to ask you about the Packers receivers because some people play in a league where even Alan Lazard has been picked up off of the waiver wires. Don't yeah. know what to expect from Devontae Adams or MVS. If Adams is out, are there any of those receivers you trust moving forward? Oh, Lord, that's a loaded question. I mean, MVS has been one of the biggest fantasy disappointments so far this season. You know, a guy that showed flashes of brilliance last year as the primary slot guy, they move him outside, and he's barely made a, made a peep. Now, I think he could have a nice game this week. Uh, he's only had one game in which he's seen 10 or more targets. Uh, that was like three weeks ago. This this is a setup for him where he could see maybe eight, nine, uh, you know, toe that line of 10 targets against an Oakland secondary that is vulnerable. Uh, you know, Daryl Worley is her best cover corner within that unit. He's allowed a passer rating of right around 85 so far this season. But the rest of the options there, uh, particularly out of the slot, LaMarcus Joyner, um, uh, they can be beat. So, you know, I hope that the coaching staff kind of shifts MVS around to maximize the matchup. But, you know, Alan Lazard, I didn't know jack squat about the guy until Monday night. I'm like, who is this cat? He was so aggressive after the catch, lowering the shoulder, very physical, uh, making some great grabs, uh, had the confidence there of Aaron Rodgers. And any time that you're in an offense tied with well, the all-time greats who's still playing at a high level, I know he's been more game manager than the gunslinger we've seen in the past, but Lazard is certainly worth entertaining there. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a revolving door. You got uh, Kumro there as well. You know, Jimmy Graham has slipped into a deep, dark abyss. He's not really played all that well. Uh, but you can't really run the football effectively in Oakland. So I think the ball in the hands of Aaron Rodgers and one of these unsung heroes is going to have to step up for Green Bay in the receiving core. My money's on MBS, but it wouldn't at all shock me if Lazard had another standout performance. Outstanding. Enjoy the game tonight. Chiefs, Broncos, get me that Frank Gore t-shirt, the Betty White of backs. That is, that is good work, Evans. Appreciate the time, my friend. I'll help Roto wear it. Have him, uh, you know, print one off for you, brother. Good luck to your Broncos tonight. Bet on them, folks. Guys are making me nervous on that. We're going to take a quick break here on Home and Home. When we come back, James Palmer, he covers the Broncos for NFL Network. He'll preview this Thursday night beauty between the Chiefs and Broncos when we come back. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.